This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Hero Worship. I'm Ben Belding, and I caused this episode to happen. I'm Derek, and there's no way you caused this episode. You ready? Yeah. And three, two, one, engage. Another chapter in this thrilling primetime drama. I don't know how anyone keeps pace with this episode. It is just a real nail-biter. It has all the speed and alacrity of gravity <laughs> itself. Of, the, uh, what was it? What was last week? Tachyon Wave? No. Something. Souls on Waves. Souls on Waves, yeah. yeah. Um, which can either be fast or weapon. It's got the short range and weak interactions of the gravity yeah. fields of which it talks so much yeah. about and knows yeah. so little about. Rocker's like a full sensor sweep. Captain, are you ready? It's quite a sight, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Most ancient formations of the galaxy. All right. Let's do it. Let's get closer. And they just stop. They're about to. Well, okay. I, I, I didn't queue up that one uh, correctly, but they're. I told you. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here they look at each other. And step closer. <laughs> and just like yeah. this dramatic and Riker is putting his hands on this, you know, poor ensign's, you know, backward chair. And I'm thinking, you know, of course Data, uh, you know, he can compose five symphonies while he's uh calculating pi just for grins. But I mean this chick uh just trying to do her job and Riker's looming over him with his six three frame and it's like, man, just kinda of back up a little bit. You don't really need to be right over their shoulders, do you? Yeah, your presence has an effect on people. But, you know, he's he's acting. He's interacting with yeah. the setting. Yeah, and that's, and that's fair. I, I, in my mind, I think that uh, there's a certain amount of performance when it comes to middle managers that I've seen in the past. And I can't... I, in my mind, I imagine there have been some of them who looked to Star Trek for their, quote, moves. And uh, if you do that, just don't. Just... Try to be authentic. Try to look at your 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 reports as peers. Uh, just you're all trying to get something done. Yeah. Um. And you know, we switch scenes to this very alien esque uh vista, and you know, you have the gr the green, the steam, the gnarled metal, and you know, I'm just dude. waiting. Uh, yeah, dead dude. That dead dude brings the room together. I mean, yeah. If you're gonna uh, if you're gonna rearrange this way, you really need kind of an organic element, uh, and the corpse really kind of ties it all. Yeah, I mean, you got to keep it fresh. You got to bring a new dead dude in like once a week, you know. Yeah, but I mean, it's a small price to pay uh, for the, you know the the kind of overall aesthetic. Yeah, to be on the cutting edge of interior design, I mean, you gotta you gotta pay a little <laughs> bit of money. Right, and. Uh, this is interesting, you know, it kind of made me wonder when that beam fell, like if, if whoever was manning the teleporter was like Johnny on the spot, could they have just given Jordy Kitty Pride powers? Like, could have they just have teleported some of his body away or just made him incorporeal for a brief moment and then corporealized him maybe like two or three feet away? I mean, the episode tells us that later, and I think there's a lot to talk about with transporter stuff. What I love right yeah. here is that they're like, hey, a hardware connection would, would take too long. We need <laughs> right. is a laser to transfer yeah. information quickly. Right. And it's like, you know, it's not even like the fastest way of data transfer. Like, sure, yeah, light is like, oh, it's so futuristic, but why isn't it x-rays? Why isn't it, you know, an invisible <laughs> mesh of 
uh, you know, ambient waves that you know just transmit data ubiquitously. Why not a clear cord with a reflective internal facing external <laughs> surface that uh, <laughs> you know it's made out of one very space? Yeah, it's, it's not just fiber; it's space fiber. Yeah, some kind of fiber visual cable, something like that. But whatever, shoot layers at it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, th- we're doing like a little bit more of exploration. Um, I, you know, I, we've done the whole ship scan before, right? Where it's like, hey, are there any life signs? And I, I think they tried to do that and they said, oh, it just so happens metal is hard to get through. It's like, well, didn't we do that before? <laughs> I mean, the whole ships are made of metal all the time, right? Worf, couldn't you find life signs in the middle of the ship? And Worf was like, there was metal and stuff in the way. There's so much metal, <laughs> but like in a way that it shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. It well, it's like, well, Wolf, I don't understand. You know, we've we did this two weeks ago, and you had no problems with the metal. It's like, yeah, but this metal's all hinky. <laughs> it's not, it's not where it's not where it should be. It's it's very confusing. Yeah, dude, it's a mess up here. So yeah, it's just it's so th- just th- there's a, a kid that's still alive, and hence our plot begins. Um, which is that this kid is like the sole survivor, and we know he's yeah. not un- unbreakable man. Because uh, he's not miraculously uninjured. Yeah, we haven't met we haven't met Mr. Glass yet, so there's no way there's an unbreakable person. Exactly, no way. Who would that be? And Defka? Who would it be? Anyway. Um, ooh, probably Barkley. <laughs> oh my god, Barkley could be give... Mr. Glass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if he if he went down the darker path where he just like never like improved himself, I could see him just becoming so emotionally fragile. <laughs> Um, that like it, it had a literal effect on his bones or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I can just see him giving the briefing. There, there, there was one survivor captain and he was mirac- miraculously, uh, unarmed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I was like, what? Okay. Um, well, that's, that's an interesting report, Mr. Barclay, but, uh, we, we have another, uh, concern. We've been noticing that in your replicator, you've been producing a rather large amount of C4 and then transporting it with the teleporter. Uh, can you explain your actions? Blowing up smaller starships looking for Superman? Well, that's reasonable. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you're running experiments. Very good, Mr. Barclay. All right, next issue. We're out here to do science. Right. At the mm. cost of human lives. It's a pretty good model. I don't know if it's been remastered or not. Uh, I like how you can kind of, like, if you squint or you focus on it, you can kind of see inside the decks. It's pretty nice. Yeah, yeah. It's a heck of a detail. Yeah, for sure. It's the kind of thing you like. It makes the, the transport, it makes the universe look a little more granular. Right. You know, and you, when you don't have a lot of <laughs> this guy, I imagine, uh, I imagine just O'Brien off to the left, like, no, you're doing it. Ah, no, you gotta. Use the use the invert. No, your your buffers overflowing. Oh, just get out of the way. Let me do it. Yeah, I just kind of imagine Jim Kirk coming in from off screen, pushing that guy away and trying to transport himself. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, get out Maybe of that's right. <laughs> Maybe that's where Riker learned his moves. Is like the micromanaging of uh, Jim Kirk. It's like when you find that you can't get the best out of your Starfleet personnel, I find that it's best to push them out of the way and show them how to do their job. <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, hey, aren't you dead, Jim Kirk? And he's like, that hasn't been written yet. We don't know. Continuity's open. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll always be open. Jim Kirk could appear at any time. Just think about right. it. Any time, any place. 
it is kind of funny how um, we have essentially like a very wordy self-sacrifice and there's no pushback. There's like, yeah, yeah, so the Android do it. Let's peace out, Dave. Uh, Jordy. It's all right, later. Um, but I mean, we've been in certain situations before where it's like, no, I won't sacrifice you. No, I can't let you take that risk. I'm your commanding officer. Yeah. I, I think we've established that in the series. And this is just another thing that only one member of the, the team could do. Like if this I was, mean, if Worf could, Worf do, could it. do it too. Yeah. And if Worf is there, they'd, you know, they shoot dice for it or something. I don't know. But... <laughs> paper, rock, scissors, paper, rock, scissors, paper, rock, scissors. <laughs> yeah. He's like, listen, uh, I am uh, the crowning jewel of Starfleet. Um, I'm I'm better at everything f- for everybody for all future, and you just need to realize that um, you're looking into the future ruler of all human life. I mean, future ruler of Starfleet. Yeah, he has. Okay, does this with one hand too. It's funny. Yeah, one hand. I like how he waits until the thing starts spewing gas before he starts running. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah. He's like, all right, let's go. So yeah, this is like <laughs> our third falling beam scene that gives us danger. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I thought this kid couldn't walk. I thought it was kind of weird that he kind of scurried out of there like a rabbit. And I yeah. thought, oh wow, like I I thought he he had like his leg broke or something. He didn't even like try to crawl up. Yes, be afraid of the doctor. She'll experiment yeah. on you. To to be pinned under the wreckage, he has to assume the same pose as someone whose legs are broken. So yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, it's that's the language of television you're always talking about. I mean that that is definitely uh, my legs are broken underneath this rubble pose. Yeah, and uh, you know as as you mentioned earlier, like as they're beaming out, the beam just goes plonk right through them. And like we saw an right. episode where a dude tried to shoot Riker while Riker was transporting, and it bounced off and killed that dude. Yeah, and but now like beams just fall through it because us, I guess. Yeah, it's weird. And, um, you know, here, we're, this is where Picard's talking about, like, oh, we've begun counseling the kid. It's like, oh, cool. So your ship's counselor is not there. Just some doc who did a med rotation and the android with no emotions. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I just kind of laughed at the absurdity of such a thing. Um, but then I was slightly happy to see Troy here. I was like, okay, at least Troy is there to make sure they don't do anything too stupid. But uh, she should have totally been given the... She should have totally been the one to give the lines, not Beverly Crusher. Hey, Troy gets to be in other scenes. I think this might yeah, be the end true, of Gates McFadden's appearance in this episode. I feel like she walked off <laughs> yeah, screen, that's... checked off her contractual obligation, and just kept <laughs> All right, peace out. <laughs> I'm going to do theater. I'm going to get some Jamba week. Juice later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, uh, you know, Picard is kind of like hanging out in engineering because he's a hands-on papa captain. Um, that wants to see uh, how things are going. And he just like, um, oh, no, 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 he doesn't do it now. He's about to do it, where he, his uh, finger uh, passes through uh, that little... No, does he? Does the finger pass through it? Or it looks like it could have, I guess. No, I think we may have joked about that in the pre-roll. We're like, what if his yeah. finger had gone at that data string? Would they have lost data? Yeah, so, maybe so. And he's just trying to get up to speed on what's going on and giving yeah, us Yeah, it's exposition. a nice little effect, though. The the laser in the background. Yeah. Um, it's pretty good. It's subtle. I missed it the first time. Yeah. So, But yeah, they got no they got no information here um, about what happened because all the, the sensors and data banks are broken and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I like how I... I know I'm kind of in the minority, but I like how we have a genuine mystery that isn't 
uh, you know, some sort of Sherlock Holmes, you know, rehash um, story. And, um, you know, whereas normally, like, yeah, there's a lot of mysteries in Starfleet. I feel like this one has, um, the mystery is the only thing we have here. There's no kind of espionage plot or planet exploding or sentient entity that uh, wants to consume all human life, anything like that. Yeah, there's no other problem that the mystery solves. They're just trying to write a report about what happened at the Vico. And as yeah. the episode progresses, it turns out that part of Picard's deductive style is to just f do the same thing and plan not to die instead. <laughs> right, because he's a man that enjoys his risk. Yeah. But this kind of gets to our main plot. That's not the gravity plot. And Data's like, hey, right. Doherty, have you ever been terribly traumatized <laughs> yeah. as a child? Yeah. Jordy, there's something that's been puzzling me. Can you recount the worst possible thing you've ever experienced? This kid's really <laughs> confusing me. Yeah. And then so Jordy walks all the way from here to like the opposite side of engineering. And Data's like, why Jordy walks so far stage left? <laughs> <laughs> so he can give a good monologue. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got you got to let that camera pan and get the zoom. Jordy in. gets so little characterization. I just love that he does. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, of if you're of a certain socioeconomic class, um, you're, there's a good chance that you've been in a situation or two that... Um, you know, stuck with you the way Jordy's uh, I was surrounded by fire when I was a kid story sticks with you. Yeah. I know personally I was in um, the emergency room more than once growing up. So, Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, if you're poor, you have more traumatic experiences to pull from. And, right. You know, I think I, I talk about the post-extinction behavior sometimes where like, uh, like Looney Tunes is about farm animals and it, they were made during a time when America was more agrarian. So those were farm okay. animals that came with some built-in characterization from viewers who generally knew those animals and, and how they acted. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And but So when you talk about house fires, it seems really out of place in Star Trek. Right. It seems like the computer would be like, hey, uh, you're... Your room is about to catch on fire. Would you like me to stop that? Or is this intentional? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're like, a house fire is such a normal thing. Like, you know. Right. Unless he was actually on board the USS Enterprise D as a child. Right. Yeah, maybe his dad was part of Starfleet. And then uh, they went to some weird fire flight and the room caught on fire. This freaking dude here is like, hey, listen, you need to follow along uh, the curriculum. The curriculum says you sit down while I tell you a story about mythology. Um, why don't you leave the dude alone, man? He went through some trauma. Uh, just let him do his thing. You gotta have some expectation. I don't know, whatever. I, I think you're being way too mean to space Kenneth Parcell. Um, <laughs> but maybe so. So, yeah. It's like, sir, here, we found some stuff and some things. Yeah. But, like, we cannot it, take you seriously, it, sir, with that jacket on. Can you put on a real Right. <laughs> But I put on the jacket so you would take me seriously. No one takes the jacket seriously. <laughs> right. I mean, we did just see him in the other uniform, right? Yeah. Um, when he was down in engineering. And he went back to his uh, office. Like, oh, Papa Picard, it's cold. Let me put on my jacket. Oh, wait, I can't wear the jacket uh, red on red. That just won't work. Let me take off my shirt, too. And <laughs> Time has passed. School is now in session. Yeah, I guess that's true. So, you know, he's like, school's in. Time for Picard yeah. to change clothes. 
I think we just <laughs> mentioned the Breen here. I want to mention that uh, the Breen will be important later. Right. Okay. Interesting. Um, we also kind of uh, realized the reason why uh, Starfleet uh, keeps um, so many hostages aboard uh, while uh, they're doing potentially dangerous things in space uh, is they're, they're backup black boxes. You know, in case, <laughs> um, you know, in so, case you know the black box gets corrupted like it is in this episode, uh, you have you know some kid that you can just kind of suck information out of i mean if you're not troy who is completely incapable of reading people's feelings if they have too much trauma <laughs> i mean come on i mean she's been around humans i mean she's been around beta zeds all her life she's uh, presumably trained around humans and had training with people to counsel and trauma uh, this can't be the first time she's like oh man trauma is really hard i don't I, I can't use my empathy powers i forgot how to use them and we're just like well that's a real convenient excuse for screwing up deanna like, oh yeah, Worf, who couldn't read life forms because things were all hinky 20 minutes ago? Huh? Worf, Nothing Worf on the ship works the... for like no reason. <laughs> Worf does the most amazing feat a Klingon can accomplish and blushes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. So, and now, now we've kind of developed our main plot of Data, but with Kid. Yeah, I mean, Data's like, I don't remember, remember, Dr. Troy, I don't have any emotions, so I may not be the best suited. No, it's precisely because, actually, it isn't. Uh, we just, he, he latched onto you, man. Just be there. It's fine. I don't care. It's 420 somewhere. Later dates. <laughs> yeah, peace out. <laughs> mm. Mama, Mama Troy's got to go uh, blaze one. Yeah, and so Data's like, oh, wow. What do I think of your thing? What do I think of your thing? <laughs> yeah. Do you really I, want is, an opinion? Yeah, like a I, couple I seasons like that. back, Picard right. asked me about his painting, and I gave a frank assessment. In fact, I actually hedged a lot, and he was all pissy about it. So, like, <laughs> yeah. you sure about this? Yeah, I mean, I only pointed out that his painting lacked, uh, had an utter lack of style, which I found fascinating, because I didn't think it was able to accomplish. Yeah. I love that face that Brent Spiner gets. He's like, are you sure you want me to give you a frank evaluation? But this is, <laughs> if you're going to give me, if you're, <laughs> I love how he just wrecks this kid. But if you're going to have an android that does not have any emotions, um, then those sorts of questions are like, wait a minute, you're a human. You're, are you doing that thing where you're saying you want a thing, but you really don't want a thing? That should happen a lot more often than it does. Yeah, well, I'm glad it happened here. It shows some growth yeah, on for Data's sure. part. And um, this kid, though, he just said it lacks style. And the kid's like, it sucks. You hate it. It's like, geez, <laughs> dude, don't extrapolate from a single data point. Yeah. Just, or a single uh, data sentence. Just uh -huh. let it... <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, come on. Of course, he, why, what's this kid thinking of doing? But, yeah, I mean, it's fine. He's it's like, uh... It reminds me of those uh, those infomercials where it's like, have you ever had problems <laughs> frying an egg? And it's like, rawr, rawr, yeah. like stabbing into the egg. Like, come on, man. Like, you know how to use blocks. But it comes across as authentic kid acting. Like, one yeah. thing I don't complain about with this episode is the portrayal of Timothy. It seems spot on. Yeah, this kid's definitely doing a lot of work for sure. And I like how... Data doesn't know that he's abandoning this kid again. <laughs> like he's yeah. like, uh, he's like, oh, I know what the, the kid looks sad. I know what I can do. I can totally showboat. Yeah, I'll just yeah. do that, and it'll be fine. That's good. I think the fast forward is a little bit too fast. 
But yeah, uh, like or it's it's choppy. Like it doesn't yeah. feel kind of smooth. There's something off about it for sure. Yeah, I wonder if they could have shot it in reverse and then sped that up if it would have been more natural. Because I think. Like, Brent Spiner still has to take care to place the pieces when they're doing it at regular speed. Yeah, that's speed. true. Yeah. So there's, like, a different speed to that. And I wonder if he had just taken it off. Yeah. And that would have been a lot quicker. Uh, and it would have yeah. been a lot, lot more smooth. But uh, if I ever yeah. get a time machine to go back, I will <laughs> right. do that and then get around to killing Hitler if I can. I'll let him know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. You gotta have priorities when you're time traveling. That's all. Your forgettable TNG episode didn't come across on screen too great, guys. <laughs> got a gun and I so uh this is kind of interesting where you know the kid kind of watches on the is like so you're just a superhero but um what's really kind of interesting about this particular scene change is i really like this shot uh that we're about to see where we kind of focusing on timothy thiel but and it really kind of gives it's like a humanizing element because essentially timothy's in kind of like an apartment complex on a deck somewhere and like yeah. they have all these other rooms and you know so he's got neighbors and all this other kind of stuff and um I, we never really got that before i never really got that sensation before now i feel yeah one of the legit criticisms leveled against this show is how it doesn't feel lived in it feels kind of sterile yeah. like there are grips who are wheeling the characters from scene to scene uh yeah yeah, sometimes people are messy, but it never feels organic. Yeah. So to have this kid with this emotional suitie be in this corridor with Data, who's trying to do his job, somehow works. Yeah, yeah, and I, um, you know, and I, I'm, I wish, I wish we could see more of that stuff, more of that kind of lived-in organic feel. But, um, you know, it sounds like that's not going to happen. But you know, I'll take it where I can get it for sure. Yeah. It's not, you know, the chief goal of Star Trek, which is basically a um, a stylized morality play. doesn't need to feel yeah. organic. It's nice when it does, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so here we're, we're talking about our not-Timothy plot, uh, where it's like, hey, the dog Cluster, that's so ancient and beautiful. Um, he's like, hey, uh, do you have any, uh, have you got any more information out of the other black box? I mean, Timothy. Yeah. So, uh... You know, and they're like, eh, so we got nothing. We got nothing. All right, then. <laughs> Still a mystery. Moving so on. So wait a minute. We don't know. Um, I just just want to repeat back so I understand, Captain. Um, we're going to go into the Black Cluster. We don't know anything about it. And no one ever has come out of a lie. Is that correct? <laughs> yep, that's what we're doing. Okay. I mean, there are smaller ones. People have come out of the smaller ones. It's not the big one. <laughs> it's just a bigger, smaller one. It'll be fine. Yeah. So, I do like how this little kind of shot here with Troy, because she t she totally does a poker face when the kid says something problematic. Um, but I mean, that's what a counselor does. A counselor doesn't want to kind of give um, someone who's kind of going through some difficult emotions this sense that they're being judged. You kind of want to let things uh, play out. Yeah, and that's, that's what she's doing. She's playing out lines. She's trying to figure out what's happening, which conveniently is something the audience yeah. wants to know as well. Yeah, and I like this, you know, he's he's latching on to kind of Data's behavior pattern, but he's like, but uh, yeah, man, those sweets look pretty pro. I think I want some ice cream. But he's like, oh man, Data doesn't eat ice cream. And so he's like, oh, but we do eat when we like to. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have I'm gonna have some of the ice cream. Yeah, he reconciles that. And there's some very, you know, basic but effective layering going on here that you can yeah, see. Yeah, for sure. And for a kid, I mean, that's uh, that's something. Yeah. 
just a real i like his his sweater too that's obviously patterned on data but not quite yeah. a copy. I mean, I guess like all of the sweater and stuff, like the that's the replicator. Like essentially, if I wanted clothes, I just get them from the replicator. Is that right? Yeah. Which raises the question of why it doesn't look more like Data's uniform, but whatever. Yeah. Or, or maybe it's like not authorized to create a Starfleet uniform. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense too. <laughs> like it knows. I don't know. Yeah. It's like impersonating a Starfleet offer is illegal. The United Federation of Planet. The circuit. Okay, never mind. Just give me something like it. <laughs> You'd be arrested. I can make you the shirt, but I'll have to notify security. So. <laughs> Worf will come in here. It'll break the door down. I mean, the door have been uh, getting along quite well lately. <laughs> Yeah, Deanna says this is uh, in Antiomedia, I think it is, which is a, a yeah. Zubian concept. Uh, right, from like the 20s or something. It's like the generation of psychology after Freud, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah. Which and is a big step up. Just, Usually they would just go with Freud on this. Right. And it, it there's some overlap between, I think, writers and like the, the old kind of very broad strokes you know freud Jungian psychology and it really just kind of showcases how uninterested or um willfully ignorant of the writers were in learning kind of how um, a kid would kind of go through trauma I'm just like oh but well, we we well i guess they didn't have wikipedia but like we went we took encyclopedia <laughs> britannica off the shelf we did a little researching and yeah this looks like it fits so we're going on with it I I would say that it is the job of the writers maybe to choose selectively their level of education and that yeah. they have to communicate ideas to the public and the ideas have to be accessible to the public. Um, and I, I think this one does neither one. I don't think the public recognizes that and it's not particularly educational. Yeah. I think it's I had to a bad it up, reference. Yeah. And this is kind of interesting too. Um uh data's about to get uh well data's doing like this kind of his barber thing and yeah. i didn't realize like the they had like water or something yeah when these comes um but he's definitely kind of getting his hair slicked back i like how timothy asks the question that always gets asked of ai in science fiction settings why don't yeah. you run everything <laughs> so i you ask it for the good place you ask it for schlock mercenary and you ask it for yeah. star trek here like why you're a perfect computer. Why don't you run everything? Yeah. It turns out humans are, well, not better, but um, I don't know. There's, it, it's not always the best. I think. I do like how, uh, oh, good. No, no, no. Sleep things. Yeah. I, I like how, you know, here, like, Gator just kind of got uh, wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, uh, you know, the kid's like, hey, yeah, I can't drink. You know, I've been having some trouble dreaming. It's been scary. And he's like, uh, what about you? What do you do about dreams? He's like, oh, I'm an android. I don't have to worry about dreams. He's like, oh, wait. Have you been having bad dreams? Uh, nope, nope. I'm an android too. He's like, yeah. <laughs> Touche. It's rare to see Data have a misstep. And it's a completely organic misstep. Well, um, right. And it makes sense as a misstep around human emotions. He wouldn't have caught that. Because yeah. he's supposed to not have them. Um, and the thing is, is that if you write um, these alternative life forms correctly then they'll have their own organic flaws or inorganic yeah. flaws and the thing is is that you know if you don't just say oh look he's stronger and smarter and therefore better then you end up with really weak writing and you have to ask why don't you run everything but whenever yeah. he makes a really simple mistake that's true to the paradigm established for what he is 
then yeah. you're like, oh, well, that's why he doesn't run everything. Because there are a lot of things he's not good at that we take for granted right. as people. Yeah, for sure. And so I, li- I like this. You know, we have uh, Data kind of generally paints kind of observable reality. He doesn't really do abstract or surrealism. And, uh, you know, here we have this kid just a whole bunch of black pointed edges and red abstract painting. Uh, and that contrast really goes a long way to showing kind of the mental state of this kid. Um, because it isn't just a, an aggressive painting in a vacuum. It's com- being compared to Data's kind of tranquil, um, s- you know, uh, scenery painting. Yeah. And, you know, as much as we talk about how Data screwed up two scenes ago, he tries to get something out of the kid's subconscious and then immediately sets him up with a blank canvas uh, yeah. to, to share the thing that he's trying not to share. And it's great. I mean, I'm not convinced that Data is... I mean, I guess he was... He's supposed to be working with Troy to get information out of this kid. Um, but I just don't feel like uh, he really has any sort of agenda here. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a fair take on it. Um, yeah. And so D- Data's like, hey, listen, um, we should open up to each other, right? You know, that's kind of his direct kind of method. Yeah. He's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to open up. I'm going to really by example. You know, at times I have difficulty sharing my thoughts with others. Looks over the kid. The kid's sleeping. Damn <laughs> Yeah, the kid's this happens gone, every time I try to share with people. He's gone a uh, full banner at the end of Genius Playboy Billionaire <laughs> Philanthropist Three. Yeah, like what? But yes, so. there was a party in Prague. I fell asleep at that point. But uh, right, it's good. And Data gets to be paternal, right? Um, interesting. You know, and that even though uh, this kid is totally not. Well, I mean, I guess he can be if you're if you stayed up long enough. Then yeah, he probably wouldn't. Feel, he probably wouldn't wake up at this kind of bit, but. Uh, Data definitely doesn't understand human anatomy because that kid's going to wake up with a crick in his neck so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's it's a cliche that like carrying a kid up to bed is yeah, for sure. a, a cliche parent moment. I hope it, I hope when he's doing his pop and lock maintenance, it doesn't wake the kid up. <laughs> he just wakes up and Data's staring at him. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, what's that weird sound? Uh, yeah, no one ever mentions that. Um, but yeah, anyway. So uh, this is kind of an interesting bit. I it, it It's, I guess, supposed to be kind of this notion of like the waves hitting the Enterprise, which I imagine, I've never been on any big ships, but I imagine that's a common occurrence on big ships. Yeah, the, the bigger the ship, the less the waves really matter to you. And that for just sense, like yeah. a floating box, like you're expected to have some waves like this. This isn't so unusual. Um, but for the enterprise, they have inertial dampeners and artificial gravity fields. And so if they're taking like these rocks, then they've got to be taking a beating from the outside. Um, oh yeah. It reminds me of like that road Scott squadron thing where like he's one of the guys just turned his inertial dampeners way too high. So that's why he didn't feel the hits he took and blew up or something. I don't know. It's oh, a okay. weird growth quadrant thing one of our friends said about Star Wars. Yeah, that makes sense. That sounds exactly like the sort of granular, excessive <laughs> Star Wars pre-Disney beta canon. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we're still trying to, we're like, all right, we're in the middle of our, like, op, right? Like, we're close to... um we're toast to this big black ancient cluster that we know anything about. And he's like, hey, listen, uh, it's like seven times massive than anything explored. So maybe the what we're feeling right now is uh, is just because of 
uh, economies, well, not economy scale, but just sheer scale. It's time to this. play with graduated cylinders. Ooh, graduated <laughs> cylinders. I remember my graduated cylinder <laughs> class. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. I appreciate oh, that at least trying the to make yellow ball. It. The yellow ball is so unlucky. Nobody ever wants the yellow ball. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate they're trying to make the curriculum look futuristic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I, I like that where he's like, um, he's like, yeah, she's, he's starting to let go of the fantasy. Um, he's like, all right, cool. Then I'm out. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Troy's like, oh, not so fast. Troy's like, yeah, kids. Oh, man. Kids take a lot of work data. And you're in it now. It's all over you. Yeah. Remember like your cat? Remember how you could, it took you a while to train your cat to use the human toilet? Um it's kind of like that. Oh, so I need to potty train Timothy. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We have not started on the nightmare that Spot is. Um, okay. All right. Interesting. Uh, apparently, he just hasn't trained the cat. I mean, spoilers for future episodes <laughs> of TNG. The cat's insane. Oh, man. Insane. That's, gonna, that's uh, good. Okay. I can't wait now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think we may have missed the part before where Data's like, I don't have human feelings. And sometimes that makes yeah. me sad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and we kind of get like a version of it here too, where it's like, hey, uh, how do you think it tastes? Is it good? He's like, yeah, I can't do that. He's like, what do you mean? Oh, you know, those, that thing that you're talking about, um, having having fun with stuff. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it. I, I don't have those emotions. And he's like, wait, what? Yeah. There's a, there's a biological basis for the feelings that you have related to your sensory inputs and data. As an organism with ostensibly no internal drives, it's just analysis and data. Right. Yeah. It's uh once uh, some of my uh, neurotro- neuropositronic inputs, um, you know, uh, receive uh, a signal over a certain threshold, then I realize that I should probably put my hand away from the fire. Uh, but I'm not afraid of fire. <laughs> yeah. I'm mostly fireproof. <laughs> and human proof and laser proof and gravity proof and i can run everything all by myself and i could probably take out all the enterprise i should probably talk, stop talking now <laughs> yeah. so yeah and so this is where it's like data's like man i wish i could be more human the kid's like but why would you being a human suck he's like well i would take kind of a little bit of suck for uh a little glimpse into what uh, you guys seem to have yeah, and it's a good moment. The crux of this episode is that, yes, Data's great, but there are drawbacks to being Data. And right. I think a good way to explore that is to have a kid who sees Data from the outside and goes, hey, I don't have disdain for you because you're a robot. And Data's like, wow, this is such a break from the routine. And <laughs> <laughs> That's never happened to me before. Thank you. Everyone generally just says, wow, you're so awesome. You suck. Fuck off. And... <laughs> Get out of my way, Android. That's not where it goes, Android, all the time. <laughs> you killed my son, Android. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I have someone who's just sort of unabashedly positive and sort of introduce yeah. him to the nuances of data. And in so do it, you know, us, but also yeah. um, whatever yeah. this is, so the gravity wave. It is, kind of, it is kind of funny how they're kind of assigning data like hey get next to this kid and then they just keep calling him away where it's just like hey <laughs> you know, hey find out everything you can hey get to the bridge hey find out have you found out any progress on timothy it's like you just called me away from having dinner with timothy what's your problem you're having a moment i was getting through to him i'm sure i'll be able to get just pick 
right back <laughs> up where I left off when I go back down there, buddy. Yeah. I'll just, I'll say, hey, can we resume our previous conversation? Kids, like, what? Jordy, come I'm up here. How much now. progress have you had giving a back massage to that database? Uh, <laughs> she was like, he's just loosening up. All yeah. right, well. Look at this. Anyway. It, this is just so goofy. Picard's like, let's do an experiment. And, okay, what's the experiment, sir? Are we, go- are we going to, like, scan it and find out its internal properties? It's like, I want to shoot it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's another way the phasers are being used for scientific reasons. I, I guess. That. Um, and they're they're probably like low um, magnitude phasers. Um, I, you know, I like how there's kind of a fractal pattern as they kind of disperse, which is kind of neat. And even though we've seen people take over for Data, it's so funny that it's like, Data, come here, I want you. It's like, oh, what do you need me to do? Do some complex calculations? Like, nah, just uh, just uh, sit where you are normally and and answer some questions. I could have answered these questions where I was. Nah, nah, you couldn't have. Yeah, I um, also I don't I just don't buy it with phasers and refracting and yeah. gravity and weakly <laughs> bring the black box to my office. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of the, the emotional high point of our episode. Yeah, because um, they're like none of the things you've told this kid, you know, works out. And you're if you're an android, you can't lie. We're going to go right into right. manipulation right now. Yeah, and this is this is kind of slowly trying to create a safe environment where we can ask him difficult questions and hopefully he's around people that he trusts enough to where he can answer them and there's going to no blowback. Um, he hasn't really built... <laughs> Sorry, he says, I killed them all like and then we cut to commercial. It's like, they, they all died. They all died because of me. Try new Dawn hand-washing soap. So, <laughs> It'll kill all your enemies. The hook. Not just the women, uh, the children as well and yeah <laughs> and not the just the men but the women and the young ones yeah. anyway uh so yeah and he thinks that he killed everyone because he hit a panel when the ship was rocking which is like it's great at least a giant right. cleon trophy didn't hit you <laughs> yeah uh i mean we you know uh we had a kid on here last week and he totally had three fractured ribs and just walked it off you know, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mistakes happen is what i'm trying to say yeah um but this is kind of interesting. Uh, this is kind of standard um, child psychology. When they're kind of young enough, when kids are young enough, they kind of think everything is is as a result of something that they did, even though when it clearly isn't. And so him thinking that he killed the ship because of a coincidence is uh, totally um, on brand. But they're doing a good job here. It's like, listen, um, we're not just trying to save your feelings here. Um, let's explain. I'm going to explain to you why it couldn't have happened. Not just that it can't happen and you have to believe it, but we have all of these redundant safety systems. So there's no way you could say, I don't know, put your butt on, um, you know, a computer terminal and activate a laser of some kind. Yeah. Like I, I completely do not buy that these people have access codes. They just rock up to other people's consoles and are like, yep, fired phasers, two buttons. I'm like, which one of those was your code? Fella. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's but, biometric, you could say, but I don't know. I yeah, mean, it's it's like they don't show us people logging into their consoles every single time. Like, except you right. can't blow up a starship with the flailings of a ten-year-old. They just cut off a ten-year-old's arm, right. slap it on a panel, and make a ship explode. Like we get that. <laughs> yeah, and and we we didn't have to go. We really didn't have to explain it. It was like, listen, there are a lot of redundant systems for to repeat you know to prevent kind of these errant mistakes um and so don't sweat it 
look, and we didn't have to kind of go into the details, but we did anyway, and that's fine. Yeah, like, look, kid, look at your hand. See, that hand is about the size of Riker's butt. Our consoles are designed <laughs> to ignore any kind of contact across that large an area because of Riker's butt. It ends up on a yeah. lot of consoles, mostly wharfs, right. but all of them. In fact, don't touch any of the consoles, kids. Right. The man is Timothy promiscuous. Comes like, that's, that's why the bridge smells so funny. We called it the uh, fart effect. Uh, but yeah, we don't talk about it because Riker feels called out. Yeah. So, um, um, but I, I, I like this. So, you know, essentially what uh, we're using this situation plus uh, data's like ability to anal- analyze things and the incomplete data of the black box. We're merging the two black boxes together and um, we're going to as- eventually extrapolate uh, what we should be doing uh, in this episode, which surprise, surprise and true. um Starfleet fashion is going to be the opposite of what you would expect. Yeah, it does remind me of the season two episode where they get sucked into the time bowel and have to go into it to get out of it. But yeah. um, I do like that the ship's getting hit with these gravity waves and Picard's like, we're solving the mystery. We're solving the mystery. <laughs> I love, I love risk. I just repeat to myself, I love risk. I'm a risk taker. <laughs> like, uh... It's fun, though, and it's a fun little solution. Like, we don't care about the yeah. stupid gravity waves, the rev- resonances, yeah. and the shields. And then, yeah, and then uh, this is kind of good, where he's like, they're just yelling at Rose Forge to get the things like, and then we get the special numbers. Look at these numbers, man. That's the that's the solution. And there's enough time for Data to go, it's a resonance effect. But instead, Data just sells it with his intense glare. <laughs> yeah. I would love it if, like, he could have solved this while like telling, like demonstrating how stupid Riker is. <laughs> it would have been the best. Like just like, okay, Riker, let's uh, let's compare our ability to um, calculate pi. I'll go first. Blah 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 blah. blah. <laughs> or he could have just turned around, been like, "Well, it's a resonance effect." Neck pinches, Worf turns off the shield. Yeah, I totally <laughs> killed the shield. Okay, up. that would have been the best if it was just like <laughs> that's suicide data, and he just he just. He neutralizes everyone and does it anyway. <laughs> oh man, that would have been awesome. I don't like this explanation though. It's like harmonic garbage in space. Like whatever, man. Come on. Yeah. I mean, yeah, gravity is waves, shields. <laughs> it's like it's like waves with energy inside. Frequencies, Borg, track. And any of this techno battle doing it for you? Like I just this is kind of all we got. Uh, we're at the end of the episode here. All right. This is my report. Captain Jean-Luc Picard to Starfleet Command. USS Vigo died to not having a data. The end. <laughs> He's like, all right, so should we mass produce data? No. Only I get a data. Yeah, I know this happens a lot. 20% of all starships are lost because of not having a data, but we can't copy the Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, everyone uh, learned a valuable lesson, and we all live ha- happily ever after. Well, I mean, except this kid. Timmy still doesn't have parents. Like, that kid's going to have a rough time. (laughs) He's an orphan now. Yeah. Womp womp. (laughs) They tow the the wrecked Vico full of dead bodies back to start. (laughs) Hey, hey, Timothy, it's time to start uh, making yourself useful. Help dispose of these corpses of your former (laughs) friends and family. (laughs) Gotta find them all, Timothy. You're the only one who (laughs) can identify all these corpses. 
it's not the <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like, that's that's my my cousin Ricky. Oh no, 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 Martha, what did you do? Why was I related to everyone in the Vico? <laughs> I was a clone. <laughs> I was a clone this whole time. Anyway. So uh, yeah, so this is we, like... we get like kind of yeah. Go ahead, sorry. I feel like this is just them telling us that he's back to normal, but it is a denouement we need. He's not traumatized anymore, I guess. Yeah, and there's some merit um, to having kind of, I mean, not data robots, but uh, emotional robots in some some certain medical kind of situations. And so um, I, I don't I don't think this is like a um, Starfleet uh, knew about tablets before tablets were a thing moment i think it's really just kind of like kind of a coincident coincident where we have uh some technology being used in a similar way to old fiction yeah the final thoughts hero worship you know so i mean you call this a forgettable episode and i get it I, i i can see why um that would be the case i personally like kind of episodes where there's uh, a mystery and some um, some bit of kind of uh, emotional catharsis, and so I, I think this is a decent episode. Uh, I enjoyed it. I feel like it's it's maybe more of a Star Trek episode than some other Star Trek episodes, especially ones where it's all like explosions and laser beams. Um, but uh, you know, I, I can I can understand why people wouldn't like this episode. I feel like it it could have done a little bit more, and it definitely doesn't. It doesn't, it, it tries, it's basically like Data has feelings, Data has feelings. One episode where it's like, hey, everyone, I don't have feelings. Like, okay, we gotta go back to this again. And then Data starts having feelings without us talking about it. But I don't know, I, I think we made some progress with Data. I don't think it's a bad episode. I think it's just forgettable. It's good, yeah. it's well-crafted. Like, there's no huge flaws there. At least none that aren't inconsistent with itself. Um, right. If neither Deanna nor Worf can do their jobs, yeah, we'll just suck it up. <laughs> Indeed. That's it. Next week, we are watching Violations. Right. Um, so Netflix uh, gives us this card with uh, Deanna Troy uh, on her back in kind of a prone position. She looks like she may have just have been pushed down or fallen down kind of like on her backside. And she looks like she might either be disoriented or maybe in pain. And uh, this is what we get. Uh, by way of summary, transporting three Ulilian mind-probing historians. Okay, um, the Enterprise crew is stymied when some of its members fall into a coma. Yeah, this I'm not excited about this episode. I mean, we've already established how um, willy-nilly Spock is willing to be when it comes to the Vulcan mind meld. So just uh, when I when I see. Uh, Troy in a prone position and mind probing historians. Um, I have calls for concern, I think. Yeah, you're really getting the hang of the Star Trek thing. <laughs> Thank you. We'll watch it next week. And until then, remember, remember and I'll make this short because no one likes credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We are watching Star Trek on Netflix. We are talking over Discord and we are recording and editing on Audacity. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. I would also like to thank our senior officer patrons for supporting The Beige and the Bold. They also make video editions of this podcast and remasters of old episodes possible. So thank you to Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess. 
If you have any questions or concerns about the show, please contact me at vanvelding at gmail.com or on Twitter at vanvelding. Thank you and remember Rand.